Aloha everyone, Ronnie Landis here and welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And so much has been going on here in my life, in my professional endeavors. So many new projects are emerging. Um, so many seeds that were planted previously, many years ago in some cases, are now starting to enter into fruition. The fruit is dropping from the vines. Things are happening. And it's amazing to see new new uh, projects, new ideas, new seeds of hope being birthed into the world. It's really, truly amazing. And that is very much in line with our interview today. And I am bringing on a very special guest. She's someone very near and dear to my heart. She's a very close friend of mine. In fact, we've joked over the years that we're cacao brother and sister because we both are leading educators, not only in the health world or the nutrition world, but we also have a mutual passion for cacao, chocolate, raw chocolate, herbal chocolatiering, if you will, and chocolate education. Superfood chocolate nutrition, however you want to scope it, however you want to uh, phrase it, we're both very passionate about that. So that's kind of our running joke. But really, she is just a wealth of knowledge um, over her last decade of being in the health and nutrition field, the raw food field, the superfood field, tonic herbalism, uh, spring water, hunting, and so much more. And so this woman, Beth Ann Wanamaker, I brought her on because she has been going through a radical transformation over the last almost nine months. She is pregnant and she's uh, on her th third trimester and she's getting very close to the due date and she's just had an amazing pregnancy experience and we got to talk about this in private a few weeks ago at a lecture I did in the Bay Area. And it was just something that was really inspiring. I was thinking, you know what, I got to get you on to share your story, share your knowledge, your expertise with everybody else out there. And what an incredible interview this was. What an incredible conversation we had. Nothing short of monumentous, miraculous, magnificent, every other term you can use to accentuate how incredible this conversation really was. I know it's going to inspire you, whether you want to be pregnant or not, or are pregnant, or have a child, or don't. It's metaphorical insights that are woven throughout this conversation that are applicable to anybody's lifestyle, man or woman, no matter what stage, age, or phase you are in your life. There are nuggets of wisdom that you can gleam out of this and take and apply to your own unique circumstance. So without further ado, I want to bring on Miss Beth Ann Wanamaker. Enjoy. Beth Ann Wanamaker is a certified holistic educator and the founder of Edible Goddess, an international conscious lifestyle brand that cares deeply about your empowerment. She teaches progressive strategies that awaken you to your highest potential by following the body's inherent wisdom and with an intentional mindset, da daily self-care rituals, and radical self-love. Bethann advocates gradual shifts of upgraded dietary choices that ultimately lead you to the freedom and confidence of successfully eating intuitively even during pregnancy. She's known for getting results quickly for clients who now live a wildly rewarding, exceptionally healthy life in all regards. Welcome to the show, Bethann. Well, thanks so much for having me, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to be here with you. Yeah, my pleasure. I've, uh, you know, we, we've been friends for many years and seen each other progress and grow in our own fields and just on a personal level. And it's really an honor to have you on, especially seeing your, your growth in all dimensions and all, all areas <laughs> of life. Um, 
in your career, what you've done with Edible Goddess, what you've done as a coach and as an educator. It's it's nothing short of of miraculous, really. You know, it's really amazing to see what you've done in the world. Well, thank you. I very much appreciate hearing that. Um, and it all comes from a whole lot of passion and love and beautiful intentions and wanting the best for myself and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real, real quick, um, as we as we uh, progress through this here, I want to, for the audience benefit, I want to know what does edible goddess mean? You know, that's obviously a very intentionally uh, chosen um, uh, title or phrase. What does that mean to you? Why did you choose that? Ah, uh, great question. I get this question asked really often, and. Um, and there's a really deep meaning to me. You know, sometimes when people hear it, they think right away immediately it's got to be food. And sometimes other people, they think it's got to be like women's empowerment. And so I really pu- I put together just a few short, uh, a few short sentences. And I'm going to share it with you because it really um, just is, is the perfect capture for what an edible goddess is. And she is me, and she is anyone on this journey. So it's not like I am the only edible goddess. I am just leading a pack, a tribe worldwide, of women who are up and coming into this presence of the way that they live their lives. So she's this health-conscious, self-empowered woman who embraces her divine feminine energy, takes the absolute best care of herself possible, recognizes that her body is a temple, and takes in a massive amount of nutrition via fresh food, that grows organically from our beautiful earth. She treats her skin with luxurious indulgences infused with healing herbs. She lives and she loves a progressive holistic lifestyle and takes action in alignment with her values. Trusts that the universe conspires in her favor and most importantly, she believes in herself. Mm, beautiful. So what was, the, what was the original inspiration behind that when you first got started? I wanted to really bring together all the different aspects of wellness and taking care of oneself. And, you know, there's often a focus with educators and teachers and mentors where it's just about the nutrition or just about your lifestyle choices or just about your mindset or just about, mm. you know, the water you drink or this and that. And, and I, I really feel like it's the entire whole full comprehensive package not missing a beat, you know all the different aspects of your life because all the little things that we do lead to who we are. And so it just felt like that was something that was the most comprehensive and, and, and way to represent like what a full expression of, um, this type of woman would be in desire for herself. Hmm. Got it. Hmm. So, you have undergone quite the transformation as of recently, um, for definitely from the second to last time I saw you. I got to see you uh, a couple weeks ago in the Bay Area, and that was really amazing. But the time before that, um, you know, you were looking a lot different, right? So you've been going through this amazing pregnancy experience, and that's really one of the main things I wanted to get you onto the show to share with me and also to share with everyone listening um, because I really feel from your perspective your and your experience specifically, it's, it's different. It's, it's potentially different than what a lot of women may experience in their pregnancy, and I thought it would be really amazing to get some real cool nuggets from what your experience has been, what a lot of your research has been as someone who is going through this, you know, this experience. So I'm just, I have a few questions that I I just want to dive into you, dive into with you on this. I'm really curious, um, has this pregnancy experience slowed down your fast-paced lifestyle in any way? Mm, Well, thanks so much for the acknowledgement. (laughs) Um, just on this journey. It's really beautiful. It's an incredible transformation and most certainly accurately described as a rite of passage Mm. um, for so many reasons. And yes, to answer your question, you know, I'm a very active person. I'm kind of like the energizer bunny. I don't get tired. I'm not that type of person. You know, there's no mid-afternoon crash and, you know, I'm exercising regularly and just kind of go, go, go as an entrepreneur, like leading multiple projects and doing different things in the world. Well, pregnancy 
there's a theme and, and you can either surrender to it or resist it. And I found for me it was one of my best lessons and it was very actually exciting to see me kind of soften into that. And that was to really, yes, slow down. And sure, it sounds generally like, oh, of course you need to write. But like on a physical level, sure, there's things like you get more tired and all of a sudden, you know, things are just more taxing and you may feel feelings of exhaustion either periodically or unfortunately for some people a lot of the time. Um, But am I as... I think the reason we need to slow down is because you really need to take in the experience because it's extremely profound. It can be an amazing emotional and spiritual journey for yourself and for those around you if, if you have loved ones close to you, like um, kind of supporting you, but really, really for yourself. And you need to be in a slower pace of not go, go, go and not always on the, the run to do something and feeling like you have to get things done and this and that. So it really puts the brakes on things in a beautiful way that one, most women don't allow themselves to ever do for themselves until they're here and entrepreneurs as well. So having both of those things, um, really in my favor, (laughs) but you know, in this time it's like, okay, this is the time to let that go to a degree and just loosen up because there's really not many chances in your life you're going to get to. And if you resisted, then you may regret that you didn't just let yourself be in the presence of what is unfolding for you and you may miss it. And we don't want that because <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, the, there's a lot of really, really beautiful insights that come up for me. And that one of them for me personally is that clearly I'm not going to be pregnant, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to, as a man, I am omitted from that specific experience. But what I am experiencing, you know, moving to Hawaii again and coming into a new place in my, my life and my career, I feel as though life is... is um, encouraging me to slow down because I'm birthing a new me. Um, and that child inside of me that's always been inside of me is, is emerging through and, um, you know, just, just nudging me to slow down and enjoy the process of life because, as you said, you know, you don't get to go back, right? You know, you have one experience, obviously, in your case, in a woman's case. You could go have another baby, sure, right? But that's not really the point. That's... You want to, you know, I take it metaphorically, we could really benefit from slowing down to enjoy the process of our birthing, whether that be physically in, in this case, or that just be metaphorically in anything that we want to birth into the world. And as an entrepreneur that has done a lot, um, you probably know that feeling very well of, of, you know, one thing that I heard from you in this was that... Um, there can be a tendency for people to want to bypass or quantum leap or fast track a certain birthing process, right? Whether that be pregnancy or just getting a project done or getting through a workout, right? Because the workout's really tough and we just want to get it over with and get the benefits of the completion of it. But um, I think there's just something really powerful when we learn to actually immerse ourselves in the process and see it through. Absolutely. (laughs) And with regard to that is, um, you know, a woman or, uh, I mean, anyone on the planet, okay, any man or woman, any entrepreneur, anyone living a passion-driven life, Mm -hmm. there can be a tendency, or just in modern-day society, I mean, realistically, there's a tendency to to, to burn the candle at both ends of the stick, right? That's a common phrase saying, you're doing too much. Sometimes people catch a cold, you know, and that's really in my eyes, that's a sign that your body is just saying to you, like, even if you eat exceptionally and amazingly, like you can still, your immune system can still crash. And really it's just a sign, like slow it down, like take care of yourself, kick your feet up, like stop doing so much, like take more things off your plate, outsource, have some help, get support where you need, you know, and the pregnancy is really a time where you just cannot be burning the candle in that way. Or you're just, it's just impossible. I mean, I say impossible, but I'm sure people do it, of course. And it will lead to exhaustion and ultimate feelings of depletion, like even in your bones. Like you'll feel the energy being sucked out of you. Mm -hmm. And, um, And being aware to that is really important so that you can just avoid that and kind of take things like 
slowly but surely and and it's a total surrendering process mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah so there's a lot of beaut- there's a lot of good stuff there i'm i'm there's so much that i want to talk with you in this this hour bethann but i'm just i'm so aware of the time sensitivity um, so there's one thing that I want to just kind of go right into and we'll see where it takes us. But I just, I just started thinking about this, this dynamic that's showing up in my, 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 um, career and personal life via two colleagues of mine. You may know them. I, in fact, I know, you know, at least one of them, um, Dr. Roy Dittman and my other very close friend and colleague, Kevin Hill. Mm-hmm. And both of them are are experts in the field of child development, of pregnancy, nutrition, health, and that's actually what they've dedicated their professional life to. Um, and it's interesting for me, as I segue into my, my next kind of theme for us, is that Kevin is completely on the side of veganism, very balanced, very, very incredible human being and perspective, but he is really focused on plant-based pregnancy. And then Dr. Roy Dittman, um, I've had many conversations with him, and he's even been on the show, and he's on a different, he has a much different perspective on that, right? So I'm curious, um, how have your personal nutrition strategies shifted during your pregnancy? Because I know where you've been in terms of raw food and vegan or vegetarianism, um, plant-based and all that. So, you know, how has that shifted? Has it shifted? What does that look like for you? Great question. Okay, so I am familiar with both of them, and um, so so thanks for mentioning them and acknowledging their work. And I can see both sides. I really mm-hmm. can. So I come from a background just like everyone else. The nutritional holocaust that we were raised in, you know, in 2001 is, September 2001 is when I was introduced to organic raw food and fresh food that just grows straight out of the earth. A couple years later is when I really fully implemented that lifestyle um, and was heavy on the game of superfoods and tonic herbs, you know, since that early time. And so I really had a strong foundation in that, in plant-based everything, and moving completely away from genetically modified foods, eating 100% organically. And so that's been my foundation uh, for, well, I mean, well over 10 years. So those things are most important to me, is having really high-level nutrient-dense foods incorporated into my life, no matter what I'm doing. Same thing for working with clients. You know, those are really critical. I believe that there can be a tendency... For some people to recommend veganism or vegetarianism but, or like a high raw diet, but let go of the focus of being clean food. Mm. And what I mean by that is being organic and beyond organic. Like I, I understand there's loopholes. I'm very familiar with that. I'm very connected to the farmers where I purchase my food and, you know, I sell my products at farmer's markets. So I'm friends with these people and ask tons of questions and, and you really need to know. But the, those things are really, really important to me is that even if you're 100% vegan or vegetarian or whatever diet your uh, approach is, it needs to be all organic. Now, I realize that there's places in the world, of course, that's not possible. But you can do the best you can to not be buying foods with pesticides because within pregnancy, there's thousands of chemicals that we're exposed to or could be. And in the average woman's placenta and the, and the baby, it is he or she has been exposed to all of these different things. And I just, I feel that it's the mother's responsibility to completely avoid that. And it's really quite easy in my opinion. So, so that overrides the plant-based versus not just kind of as a, as an intro into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and with regard to kind of catching the term of using labels of vegan and vegetarian, I've kept my theme. You know, when I got pregnant, I didn't change anything. Um, I'm still eating the same way. <laughs> and I know it's sometimes boring for people to hear is like, you know, you hear, oh, there's eating for two, there's you're eating so much, you're eating all these different foods and all these cravings. Well, I really feel strongly that it's it's based upon like how a woman acts during pregnancy is based upon what she's done in those like three, four years prior and how she's led herself up to that point. So if you have a really rock solid foundation and you've been cleansing your body without over cleansing it and 
really getting high level nutrition for a long period of time, you really don't have these bizarre cravings nearly to the degree that you would otherwise. So you want to like set yourself up right. Um, with regard to veganism specifically, I'm one to really um, not be attached to using terms to identify myself because here's the thing. What happens when a woman gets pregnant? Well, hopefully what happens is that she gets online and she does some research and she learns about nutrition and holistic living and hopefully immersing herself even more. Well, even at the shortest searches on YouTube and you look up vegan pregnancies or vegan pregnancy diet, honestly, they're full of just total swag. <laughs> like, and I'm serious. Like, it is, it is so disheartening, so disappointing. I don't want to have anything to do with an association of that approach mm -hmm. or those choices. Mm -hmm. It is, it's comical. You know, I share videos with some friends and my love and we just sit there laughing like, oh my God, I mean, if that's what the world thinks veganism is, then God, I don't want to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's too much. You know, it's 100% well for some people. At least people, you know, there's, there's people out there educating who are very, very well known who completely miss the organic boat, who mm -hmm. don't talk anything about genetically modified foods, who don't talk about knowing where their food came from, <laughs> who don't even shop at farmer's markets or co-ops. They're only going to the grocery store. You know, so I, I don't want to be connected to that. To me, I'd rather not have a label but just live it and then not be sharing information that has dairy and meat because I'm not consuming it and just but not have a label attached to it. To me, there's more freedom in that, and then people see what's possible, and you're not grouping it all together, because just like the term health, it's up to everybody's interpretation. It means something different to everybody. Some people have higher standards than others, and some people, you know, the term, you know, there's things, like I, you know, I have a few friends who have put themselves out there as, vegan educators in this but like really they're not and they're doing some things like within behind their own their, behind the scenes mm -hmm. in their own lives to experiment and I feel that it's miscommunicating a message that you can do something and it may not be working for you so I really believe just in transparency and telling people like we need to allow ourselves to be human and to experiment and to see if certain things are right for us or not like everyone needs that that um, space to grow mm -hmm. or to take a couple steps back and to learn from. And so by, you know, am I plant-based? Yes, I can certainly confidently use that term. I'm just more reluctant to hang on to terms that group me into a category with other people that are completely on an opposite spectrum of me. Hmm. Yeah, we've definitely had this conversation for literally years in a row. And because we've both been so exposed to all the, the stuff that goes on and, um, you know, knowing so many of the, the leading educators in the different fields of diet ideology, it's interesting when you do see what goes on behind the doors. And, it's in, and it, ultimately, it ultimately removes judgment um, if you're centered in your sacred heart and you just look at the human component that we're all actually just humans have a or spirit, if you will, having a human experience. Therefore, that gives way to experimentation. Um, so I, I really love everything that you had to say about this. Um, and one thing I want to I want to mention is that for me personally, when it comes to like the de the defining one's identity based on their what they do and don't do. I've kind of looked at this term plant-based and realized like, hey, wait a minute, plant-based actually means that my nutritional strategy is based in and around plants, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I only do that or only do that at a certain period in time or all the time. It just means that the foundation of my approach is plant-based. And as, a, as an educator, I feel really good about saying that to people because my belief is that we should all base our nutritional strategy in and around plants and then if we want to supplement with other things or experiment you know have at it have that experience 
Sure. And that's totally fine. You know, and it's up to an individual where they're at in their life, in their path of discovery for themselves of what works. You know, it's like, am I doing the exact same thing I was 10 years ago? No, because I was early on my journey and I was just doing different things, making different choices. But something with regard also to the term plant-based is that let's just use social media as an example. You can hop on an Instagram and people will be tagging plant-based or mm-hmm. plant-fueled or plant-strong and, and it's great. I, I love the movement, obviously, but I'm, I'm more for like eat the rainbow, eat color, like eat, you know, this diversity, beautiful range. But within these posts, if you really analyze, which I do because I am one of the most particular and literal people you'll ever meet in your life, <laughs> is that you will see that these people are still promoting and advocating. Sure, it could be like an acai bowl with some fruits. No mention of, of, you know, it could be frozen food. It could be frozen spinach. It could be all kinds of weird things. And still refined sugar like granola on top, but they're they're putting it out there as plant-based. I don't really feel that that is as healthy as just skipping and omitting that kind of stuff. Like you can still be including, like I said, GMOs and refined sugars and, you know, weird ingredients that are unnecessary. So I'm more about like, let's take a look at every single ingredient, make sure every single one has a purpose. We know where it's coming from. You know, there's a reason it's in there or a reason that it's going into our bodies and that each ingredient ideally is healing or has that kind of presence coming into you. Mm-hmm. Versus just sugarcoating it and saying, oh, yeah, it's plant-based. Well, a lot of things can be plant-based or vegetarian and vegan and be totally wrecking your body. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think it really comes down to nuances and giving a proper explanation of if you are a communicator, then it's up to you to actually communicate what you're saying, right? And I feel like what, what you're driving at is... Um, well, a there's a there's a there's a level of hypocrisy going on in any industry, right? But then also, from my perspective as a communicator, I'm always looking at like if I say certain things or I use certain terms, um, am I able to properly articulate the nuances? You know, one of the things that I realized about the way that the the um, the domesticated modern human being's brain is wired and why political movements are the way they are, why the marketing, the cosmetic uh, marketing system is the way it is and drives kind of polarizing messages is because most people um, are not scholarly inclined, therefore they don't read, they don't, they don't investigate things. So their brain actually isn't able to take in the nuances. They're not able to, um, let's just say, uh, entertain two two opposing ideas in the same space so people have to polarize to one or the other so i feel like that's what drives a lot of the the popularity of some of these kind of um quote-unquote extreme or one-sided diets um but i feel like people like you like me and our generation as a whole in the the health leadership are people that do see the nuances and have been through the gamut have been through the the rigmarole of it all and that's why I have this podcast, that's why I have people like you on, to actually give the distinction so people listening who've been through the whole conveyor belt of diets can be like, wow, okay, the way she explained that, now that makes sense. Now I understand what this idea of organic, whole food, plant-based, eating the rainbows idea is all about, and hopefully that adds a level of simplification and a little more depth to people's uh, strategy. Right, and just food, you know, instead of the using, instead of using the term raw food, you know, I, I was, I kind of referred to myself as a raw food educator many years ago, and then I really needed to let that go because it was just kind of closing doors on people who felt that I, it's like you couldn't work with me unless you were going to come down that path and fit in that box. And it's right. like, you know, no, it's actually what I'm talking about is food that grows right out of the ground, you know, with a whole lot of love. There's intention. It's not, you know, cultivated in the same way. There is, there's intention. There's good soil. There's, 
you know, manure from horses from, you know, that have been there for long periods of time. There's all these different ways to make the soil more rich, clean water, no tap water on the food. You know, there's, there's so many things and aspects and you don't know that if you're buying from a store, like you could be a hundred percent organic or a hundred percent vegan plant-based person, but be shopping at Safeway mm-hmm. and like, I don't relate to that, you know, so like I'm referring more to like, just pop on over to the farmer's market and ask some questions and it's less expensive anyway and it's just better quality and it was picked that day or take it upon yourself to even grow a little garden or a big garden, whatever you can do. And then, you know, you get your energy into it and there's a really big difference between that plant-based and the, the more, um, kind of mainstream one. And I think it's really just what you focus on, you know, um, for pregnancy, I've really focused, what I've noticed is orange foods. The theme of orange is like everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and that's because orange is, is the color that really represents and heals tissues. Yep. And it just really totally makes sense. It's like, you know, your tissues are totally changing in your ligaments and your tendons. And, and so there's this been, been a great theme. And so it's like if a woman just listens to her body and what her needs are, um, we can, it's just totally possible to have an easier experience with the whole diet aspect of pregnancy, as opposed to being like, I need to be this, I need to be that. Now, most orange foods are vegan and vegetarian, so it works out for those that desire to be. But I like to just take a look at what is the focus in the middle of our journey about, you know, it's like, look at make those connections instead of being so hooked on just a label and you can't do this, you can't do that. Let's look at what, um, what is calling to us because this is the most intuitive time a woman will ever have and to really take advantage of it. I mean that your intuition is so extremely strong. Even if you are already the most intuitive person ever, it just skyrockets, you know? And it's like, if your if your body is cleansed enough to the point, your mind is more pure with not toxic thoughts and negative thinking you know you just know how to eat and and sure there may be things that come up but you can make a better connection about why those things are arising um and so that was just something I want to mention as well as like it's really important what we focus on and as opposed to attach ourselves to absolutely absolutely we're totally on the same page um And that brings me to the next directive here. So my experience working with Dr. Roy Dittman personally, just as a colleague and as a mentor, I spent a lot of time with him. And um, he really brought to light for me the importance of pre-pregnancy, preconception cleansing um, for all the different phases, the trimesters and the, the, the development of that baby. Um, and I'm really, I was really focused in on, preconception cleansing and all the different information that's come out about that. We won't, I won't go into all the details on my end about that, but I just want to get your perspective. Uh, obviously, you're coming from a, a perspective and a, a place of doing that work without the intention, or maybe you had the intention for one day, but um, without the necessarily that, that, um, that goal or, or uh, intention in terms of, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm, I'm about to conceive a child. That was just your lifestyle for many, many years for other reasons. So that to me is really, and you alluded to this, is, is why you're having such a great pregnancy experience where a lot of women go through so many fluctuations and hormonal imbalances um, and really have a d- difficult time um, not to mention the potential toxicity that travels through the umbilical cord to that that baby um, upon birth. So I just want to get your perspective. Maybe you've looked into this um, and just share. You know, what are your what do you think about um, preconception cleansing? Great. Well, I think first and foremost is that you have you want time on your side. So the more mm-hmm. time you have to prepare whether intentionally or not that's why it's never too early to hop on the health game (laughs) like (laughs) a really progressive very cutting edge dialed in program 
Now that, of course, can mean something different to everyone, but I mean super holistic, very earthy, very connected to nature, very pure, not with being like to the extreme, but but the the kind of the values that I am talking about here, like having things representative of that. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is, is that, yes, there's many. Now, I want to actually make a quick point here is that I know some people who are pregnant or have been pregnant who follow very clean diets. I mean, super duper clean, like green this, green this, um, you name it. And it's great because you're infusing your body with chlorophyll and, and amazing antioxidants and greens and vegetables and like every vitamin and mineral, you know? However, just because you're doing that does not mean that that is strengthening your hormones. And it doesn't mean that it's balancing your hormones because in my working with people and in my experience of seeing this, these people are still going through these hormonal rages and issues that they keep referring to and they're common and they're happening every few days. And I'm standing here thinking, wow, you could totally be skipping that whole aspect of pregnancy. Like, it doesn't need to be this crazy, moody experience. Do you have maybe more heated feelings at times or or you're more intense about certain things? Sure, but there is a distinct difference between being an emotional wreck or having rage at your lover and being like, you know, clean the house or, you know, like just whatever mm-hmm. it could be, like, you know, being more bitter, being more emotional. Just, and what I think that, well, what I know that is related to is not having enough supportive, healthy fats in your diet. Fats are really critical for pregnancy. And there is a movement to try and do a lower fat pregnancy and, and do really clean and green and, and all of this stuff. And I think you can have a component of that. You need that. You know, you're fueling a baby. Of course you need that. You need every fresh food and vegetable and all of this goodness. But you also need the other aspects to nourish your brain and your nervous system and especially your hormones to avoid those symptoms and side effects of pregnancy completely. And it is possible. Yeah, absolutely. I... um. I totally agree with everything. I, I guess I was referring a little more. I guess I didn't context it enough, and this may not be totally your your area of expertise. Um, although I know you, you definitely know about this. Um, I would guess I was referring more to people that want to be pregnant, um, but maybe they have a toxic load already, or they haven't done that cleansing work. You know, mm-hmm. they 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 have let's say, heavy metal toxicity, they have, um, or we can even take it down the line to just simple metabolic imbalances, pre-existing hormone imbalance, just whatever, whatever kind of psychosomatic, because there's definitely the mental and emotional aspect tied into that, that's causing um, certain hormonal fluctuations. I'm kind of speaking to that perspective, as somebody that they want to have a baby, they may even be quote-unquote diagnosed as infertile and it could very likely just be a simple um, hormonal imbalance um, or a toxicity load that needs to be alleviated what are um, do you have any thoughts on possibly any strategies or anything that you've come across that you might um, recommend somebody in that situation look into absolutely I mean there's so many things I mean you could take a look at someone if there's mercury fillings in their mouth, that's mm-hmm. going to affect their for, their fertility for sure. You know, and you need to have that cleanse or those removed and and do some sort of purification program during that time of removal and afterwards to remove the residue. That's for heavy metals and and um, and accumulating pesticides in the bodies and the tissues. Uh, zeolites, anything green and blue is going to be really supportive as well. Um, zeolites, as you know, it's a clay and it really, um, removes a heavy load of toxicity from pesticides and heavy metals. And it's something that a woman can be doing for years on a really regular basis, several times a week, working it into, it could be water, it could be smoothies there's, or just taking it by the droppers full. So that's something that, um, I think is really important, especially in the kind of world that we live in today. We're exposed to so much. Um, zeolites are probably going to be one of the top things that I would recommend 
Um, and then I do recommend. Mm -hmm. Another thing for hormonal balance uh, that I have found great results with is organic raw royal jelly. And it has a very profound, beautiful effect on hormones. Um, I mean, it's the queen food for bees. Not only is it a beauty food, a longevity food, but it has a tremendous effect for hormones and removing, in my experience, removing residues from birth control pills, from any kind of like hormonal things that women would be taking over a period of time like I did. Um, I was on the birth control pill for 10 years, um, unfortunately, and I, I've been off for like 13 years. Um, and it was really nice to know, as I had mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, that you know, when I had blood tests done at the beginning of my pregnancy, she said, you know, my naturopath said that I had such strong hormones, strong hormones, which is different than balanced hormones, um, mm -hmm. and that I would have a zero chance of having a miscarriage. And that, to me, was very uh, amazing and wonderful to hear because it means that many of the superfoods that I was taking and the herbs had a really targeted effect on my hormones and the removal of all that toxicity that accumulated in my liver and my blood and all my tissues. So I think with time, you really need time and you really need targeted nutrition. And you, then you just need to go into it deeper. Like, yes, of course, a really high organic fresh foods diet, juicing regularly, lots of green foods, um, everything that I'm talking about, you know, just a cleaner living, but I don't think that it's something you can really do in six months. I think you really need at least a year to be get mm -hmm. on to get yourself to a point to where you're at a different level of experiencing what pregnancy can really be all about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that kind of lines up with Roy Dittman's perspective in terms of that, that window of time. Obviously, it's preferable, like you said, to have more time on your side and to be more prophylactic about it um but he said you know like six to 12 months but 12 months being like really kind of being that that golden locks position if you are going to be between those two options um, i mean you got to look at it it's like if someone has been eating um whatever way that they've been eating it could be standard american or just you know not organically or whatever it may be like more poor quality foods for 20 to 30 years and then you take six months and you eat really clean. Well, you can do a lot in six months. But you can do a lot more in multiple years if you have that time. And also to not put your pressure, not put pressure on yourself for the time that you have. Like you just start now and mm -hmm. don't wait and take it step by step. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, the months will add up. And there's a positive momentum that builds when you make healthy choices. It's not like you can do everything you want to do in those six months. So that's where you're really just starting with, it could be for someone doing more fresh foods for several months, then adding in this and that. Like You just need time to be able to play an experiment and get really pinpointed to exactly what your body needs because it really is different for everyone. Absolutely. One of the things that I, I find myself talking to people about, because I do notice there's this instant gratification uh, bug within, within all of us to some extent, but even when people come to me, um, whether it be a lecture or maybe it's a client or someone's just reaching out to me, they have a Lyme disease, they have, a, um, they have like fibromyalgia, or a lot of people with cancer have been coming to me um, as of recently, and I noticed the people, and it's kind of going a slightly different direction, but still similar, is that the people that overcome those things the quickest and with the most ease, grace, and flow um, are the ones that have already adopted an attitude of patience and understanding that this is a process and this is not a doomsday report. It's just, a, it's just the current state of affairs, and the body has to acclimate progressively step by step into a place of, of normality or homeostasis to when it hits that tipping point, you know, like the book, The Tipping Point. I don't know if you read mm -hmm. that. But the whole yeah, idea sure of that can. was that you build up slow momentum through through consistency and then eventually you hit the, the ceiling and everything spills over. That's where the momentous effect comes. And that's a that's a very powerful idea just in every area of our life. But that's what I'm getting from what you're sharing is that 
You know, you just do things consistently, one thing at a time, add in this, add in that, and then eventually your your body will be acclimated. It will it will be the terrain will have been created where it can now soak up everything and then boom, it just it just um essentially transforms itself right in front of you. Very much. I mean, you have the the tipping point completely in effect when you're building up towards growing a family and creating Mm. babies. And so that's what I mean by time is on your side. You know, it could take someone, you know, I just like to do things step by step. And in in pretty much 99% of the people that I've worked with, where they've maintained this sustainable lifestyle, they've done it really similarly, where it's just, it's gradual. You keep, there's always amazing things to incorporate and shift and new alchemy to work in and to focus on something else. And so, that's just what happens. But with regard to having, you know, different diagnoses, one, I think it's important to not identify with that diagnosis. That shouldn't become like who you are and should be because the second that you have that, um, you're identifying with it and it becomes, it just makes you think, like you said, it's a doomsday report. And then there can be negative thinking and giving up and hopelessness and all this confusion. And so your mindset really matters. And with that, with that said, is that there's always an emotional cause for every physical manifestation, Mm -hmm. every single one, whether it's in pregnancy or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, especially in pregnancy, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, miscarriage is directly, there's, there's a direct correlation with Mm -hmm. your thoughts and experience spiritually and why that may happen. And the same thing with why someone would have morning sickness. Like I was really fortunate and then I skipped over those symptoms of the first trimester and didn't even know I was pregnant for the first few months. Um, It was just this easy breezy thing. And I attribute that, I mean, in part to, to everything that I've said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, you know, not expecting the worst You know, like if you expect, oh my God, this is just going to be this sick journey. It's going to be miserable because the reality is that when you step out of the little bubble that you and I are in of working with the people that we're blessed to work with and influencing every, in, you know, this group of this community, most of the people that you will meet are completely not tapped into this awareness and think that that's kind of crazy thinking and really extreme. And so... I've found it to be extremely important to um, expect the very best mm-hmm. and to know what's possible and to not limit myself to other people's stories of what pregnancy is about because you mm. are just, you could be potentially bombarded um, if you don't have clear boundaries uh, and a really solid energetic bubble around you to push that away or if you don't have the confidence to say, hey, you know what, I've already got this taken care of. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, as I was sharing some stories, it's like sometimes people will come in and put their projections on you of, oh, you need to eat this way and this water and this, this, and this. It's like, actually, I got it taken care of. And mm-hmm. then end the conversation. But but there's so many women who will just be like, no, I know, they're just, they have good intentions and, and they're just doing their best and they're just being kind. It's like, well, how much of that are you going to take? Because you're taking on all this energy and opinion of other people, and it does weigh you down. I mean, yeah. in my times of just letting people talk and tell their their advice for, I mean, people are now, like, giving me child-rearing advice. You know, it's like someone came up to me at the farmer's market, and, you know, when I cut it off and just said, you know, you can do so in such a polite, kind manner that really connects you and, and, and kind of... I like doing it in a certain light, kind of with humor and just saying like where I'm at and how completely amazing I feel about it. Um, yeah, your your mindset and how you approach everything and what you expect is really critical just as much as the food you're putting into your body. It's so funny, Bethann. Um, after we were talking about that and hearing you, you mention that again, it just kind of makes me giggle a little bit. Um, but it's a very interesting dynamic and it's a very powerful one that a lot of people do not um, do not fortify inside of themselves. So you literally have to, and not just for you, but for the, the 
imprintations that are being transmitted or being printed onto that developing child within you, right? So yeah, it's limbic imprinting. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you have to fortify yourself in a way that doesn't initiate um, stress responses within your own physiology, but at the same time is firm enough that the other person gets the message that, oh, this isn't actually up for discussion. I'm not open to this. It's not disrespectful. I'm not saying that whatever. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you, but I'm being very clear to you that this is not something that I want to discuss. You know? Yes, and this is a really big issue. I mean, I've, I've really seen this just countless times and, and with friends who have family who impose kind of their beliefs or their ways of thinking of how it's supposed to be or, oh, you need to do this or that or there's all of this like drama and baggage that can come from other people that's just like, oh, offload, here you go, you know, and, and because you haven't maybe been in the position of being pregnant before, you're just standing there with like, you know, holding all this energy and, and conversation like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I've seen it and I've also seen those same friends have higher blood pressure on pregnancy and also give birth a month early. Now, mm. Those are really direct correlations that I think there's not so much spotlight on. And I'll just compare it to me. Currently, my blood pressure hasn't even raised at all in pregnancy. In fact, I've, I've low blood pressure, like just in general from being so active and being really, I'm a really calm, I mean, and I attribute it to tonic herbalism being a part of my life for over 10 years is like, I have a sense of Zen about me when chaos and craziness is happening that I can keep really cool and handle extreme pressure and stress exceptionally well. And that's the same thing for when you're in a conversation that could really kind of get you riled up and just be like, you know, and you're frustrated and irritated, like, God, will they just shut up, you know? Mm. And, but if you let yourself get worked up, your blood pressure does get affected. And I've tested this with my midwife because we get, I get my blood pressure tested every like two to four weeks, like throughout pregnancy. And the one week that I was more stressed about something and I had something really on my mind and it was just within regard to business because there was this great project I was working on, but it was definitely causing some stress as well. And my blood pressure was higher. <laughs> I was like, man, your body just totally communicates so easily. Like, is anyone listening here? You know, mm. it's like, I knew exactly what was going on. And then the next week down completely back to my normal lower end of, I mean, just super healthy. And I, it was like, you know, people, women just expect their blood pressure to raise in pregnancy. Well, I'm not sure that that's, I mean, sure it could to a small degree. Of course that's normal. Cause like your blood increases by volume, like 50 to 60%. Of course there's going to be some shifts in the numbers. <laughs> right. Um, but to such an extreme degree as can be somewhat common um, and then kind of make you feel like on edge and nervous and a little bit of tension and like you're not, like you don't have a soothing energy about you. Um, that's when it gets to be more of a problem, mm -hmm. both for your mind and your body. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, as we're rounding out this, this incredible conversation, um, what, if you were talking specifically to someone in your position or someone that is looking to be in that position, um, what are some things that you would share with them? It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, we've covered so much in the nutritional aspect. I feel like this one conversation about how you speak to that child, um, I know that um, the man's role a lot of times is to actually, um, you know, like a lot of men will find themselves reading stories to you know the unborn child they'll be speaking to it rubbing cacao butter on the um, mother-to-be stomach you know stuff like that like how important do you think all that is great because that's exactly what I would love to go into next <laughs> <laughs> okay so another overlooked aspect of pregnancy which is like just as important as the food that you're putting in your body believe it or not it really truly is is what kind of partner you have. And you just really need to be co-creating this journey, this totally transformative journey 
with someone who is on your side and deeply supportive because there's a lot that can come up for a woman emotionally with her body changing, with body image, with just the different shifts and it can be confusing and you're like, you know, what's happening to myself? You need to be with someone who just sees you in your highest, doesn't poke fun or make like, you know, snide comments or snappy remarks or jokes like it's not supportive and I can and I've seen this with a few friends like you know their partners will say things and then they end up not having sex for weeks because there's all this resentment and and just uncomfortable feelings and then the woman feels like crap and she's supposed to be like loved and adored and admired by this man that she's with but instead he's kind of you know making jokes like if it's a humorous fun conversation of course like we laugh more in my house than ever I mean there's tons of laughter and joking and having a great time and poking fun at stuff mutually but a woman needs to be able to speak up and be like I'm going through this you know and it's intense or challenging um and that's really important and to also you know I'm really blessed to be with someone who we are on the same page when it comes to nutrition, to vaccines, to the lifestyle that I'm living, to the products I'm putting on my body, to the thoughts, to the, the way that I'm thinking, to the, you know, the movies that I'm refusing to watch. And, um, you know, in terms of like violence and war, like we're just on the same page of being like, this is the kind of cocoon we want. And to have your match, it's really, really important to be with someone who is a beautiful, great, awesome reflection of yourself so you don't have to fight. So, like, you don't have to have this, not like, I mean, I guess some people fight, right? But, like, so, I mean, it's okay maybe. to have, yeah, like, <laughs> heated discussions, and that's important, and, and, it's, and, you can't, and you can't be, you know, happy and unicorns and rainbows every single second of every day. Like, that's not realistic because you also need to teach your children and feel into the womb. Like, there's a range of emotion, you know, and a woman, there's probably going to be some, not, not, I don't want to say hysterical, but like really intense crying. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was writing a blog a couple nights ago and I was like crying really heavily for like an hour or two. Like, just, it just kept coming and it was really healing and wonderful. But like, the bait, you know, there's, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't want, you know, the, the baby to feel that sadness or this intensity. But then it's like, whoa, no, like life is a variety, right? Like mm -hmm. it's full of this wide experience of all kinds of emotions. And so we just need to be with someone who is nurturing at us at the deepest level and where, I think that it's being communicated how much you're admired and it could be adored for what a phenomenal job you're doing for humanity. I mean, and I don't mean to say it like egotistically, like we'll joke about it and I'll be like, well, I'm creating a human, right? You know, what's your superpower? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny, but it's, it's just like, you know, you just want to be in a good dynamic. The issues that you have with your partner, they're just going to get stronger, whether it's a beautiful thing or a not good thing. And um, just say you need to be with the right person. And if you're not getting pregnant, you really need to look at the great, greater picture in life that you're not meant to maybe with this person or the time's not right or things aren't in alignment for your highest. You just really need to trust this because it can be devastating for people to find out like they can't have kids and they're you know, their boyfriend kind of sort of is indifferent, but they're desperate for, for mm. children, but it's not happening. And maybe that's why you're infertile. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not so unrealistic. All these things come into play and, and you will be when you're meant to be. Um, and I just think things have a tendency to really work out in your highest. And that, you know, if you believe in the universe conspiring in your favor, it's going to, mm -hmm. right? It will. And it'll be amazing, fun, and the best ever. Beautiful. What a way to end this, this incredible conversation. Um, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing this. Where can people find more about you? Ediblegoddess.com. Mm -hmm. 
they can connect with me all, yep, that's my main website. I've been blogging there for a really long time, almost 10 years. And on social media, it's Edible Goddess everywhere, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or all the different platforms. On Facebook, it's Edible Goddess and Edible Goddess Fans. Mm, beautiful. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. It was really a pleasure. It was definitely educational for me and definitely broadened my perspective. And I'm really thankful for it. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Ronnie. And thanks to everyone for listening and being with us. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast with our amazing guest, Beth Ann Wanamaker. Tune into the next one. Uh, every show is released about weekly. So we look forward to having you all tune in. And until then, aloha. Aloha.